need you as combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. Take a look at the world. We living in it, falling apart. Wanna put the glass muscle and guns, but don't show hard. Kinda spark a conversation. Let that be a lesson. In the booth, call it confession. Chains of oppression links us together. Any stormy weather, red, blue, black, or white, we can do better. It's AG combos, pay attention. Make links, break chains, yeah, that's the mission. I said, yeah, that's the mission. AG's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. What's up, everybody? This is AG from AG's Convos, back in the PCB studio recording another podcast session with my man Ken Smith. What up, dude? How you doing, brother? Happy St. Patty's Day. Oh, Whatever fuck the fuck that, that means. <laughs> yeah, I care. I don't care. Hey, you're Irish, right? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> I never celebrated it. So yeah. it was like never really a big thing to me until I got older. Once I got older right. and the people I started hanging around was like, it's St. Patty's Day. We got to go and drink Dude, I've never uh, participated, so yeah, it's not really a big day. It's just been a regular day. For it's me. a regular day. It's it's a. I mean, it's the weirdest day to have a holiday on. It's the middle. But of the I can week. see how it can be real festive, popular. And, yeah, yeah. And everybody yeah. going out drinking green beer and just having a good time. Dude, I remember back in the day downtown when I used to work down there. Mm-hmm. I can see you. You probably was participating Dude. in all. Oh, that. I mean, I, I'm a corned beef <laughs> fanatic, so don't you don't yeah, give me, me a too, reason. Though. That's, I just had that the other day. Corned beef and cabbage on on St. Patty's Day down there at Flannery's or some of them spots downtown. Go hit up Slimans. Hey, these some Cleveland hot spots if you yeah, want some uh, some, some Irish one. going and some some corned beef. That's the place to go. Yeah, they strong Slimans. here though. They strong. They, oh we got, yeah, we got a strong Irish character. Massive population. Here. Yeah, yeah. Massive population. But uh, yeah, I mean, ain't nothing Irish about me. I ain't even wearing green right now. <laughs> I ain't being disrespectful to all my Irish friends. I'm just. Doing something different today. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? That yeah, was a busy day. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot going on today. It's a lot going on in the world this week. And, uh, you know, we're we going to talk a little bit about a few different things today. Uh, once again, the podcast uh, response has been excellent. Shout out to all my listeners and fans and friends. I don't know. I ain't got a name for y'all yet. I ain't that popular yet. I know yeah. Dave calling his people Vibers. I'm Vibers. Like, yeah, I, I'm good. I, I, I appreciate that. I don't know. I got to see. I got to see what kind of people are listening. They yeah. even want a name. They might just say, man, just talk. Just talk. We just hey, like to we hear don't your need voice. No name, right? I don't care about none of that. <laughs> voice. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a crazy week. You know, there, there's a couple of different things that happened this week that I really wanted to touch on, uh, one of which was the Grammys. That's the one I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about. The other one, and, and I'm not even a fan of this damn show, but, dude, do you watch The Bachelor? No, never. Never watched a single episode Never of it. Never even right? touched it. Now, it's weird. Something else I want to touch on. So, you know, anybody following this on social media, AG's podcast, I uh, created a business page, I guess, for the podcast just to get some engagement going. And it's amazing to me, man, how the world works. You know, we got social media platforms so people can interact with each other. Right. So I'm like, all right, let me ask the people to, to give me some topics to discuss. Or I'm going to make you aware of the topics that I'm going to discuss, and let's have some conversation so I could chit-chat about that, right? Zero post. Nobody posted. Nobody responded. Right. On the post. 
my messenger went ape shit. Really? I'm like, damn. It, but it it touched on something, and and I asked a few people about it. I'm like, well, why don't you just say something in the post? See who else gets engaged in that conversation. People are like, yeah, well, you know, you know how you are. I don't want to necessarily get to the point where I'm uh, making myself or making other people uncomfortable. Uh-oh, we got a call coming in. Hello? What's up, brother? Hey, man, how you doing? Not bad at all, not bad at all. AG. AG. <laughs> Kenny Smith. <laughs> what up, bro? Man, man. Man, 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 man. It's, it's been a little time now. We ain't heard from you in a while. You all right? We missed you last week. Yeah, man. Uh, this, 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 this has been a, uh, a roller coaster. It's been a, you know, COVID has uh, really, you know, touched everything, man. So Still getting to y'all, huh? Uh, yeah, man. Just trying to stay alive. Right. Stay focused. And you know, uh, of course, uh, service, man. You know that's that's what it's all about. So I've been, you know, helping others and staying focused, man. Get prepared for being back, coming back out there, coming out yeah. there, man. You know, you know how I go. We, I know you don't have a definite timeline yet, but we working on a lot of different avenues to try to get you out of that place, man. What? Do, how do you feel? How do you feel about uh, the way your progress is going? I feel that, uh, like, I, I just feel like I had lost a little momentum, you know, with COVID. Yeah. I was doing some things uh, with some good people, some good attorneys, and uh, we was working on some things. I just feel like, you know, keeping the faith and believing is, is, is number one. You Absolutely. Know? So I can't get caught up on an obstacle or right. things not going my way at the time. That can't stop me from... I don't believe that can stop me from living. That's that's one thing that I learned is right. to just, you know, have patience, man, and keep believing, keep moving forward. Yeah, I hear you. Take adversity, man, like like it's a pizza. You hear me? Like it's, it's, it's a great work, you know, something I got to get over. I got to put it down, so. I hear you. I can't let it uh, stand in my way. I hear you. And so, that's, what keeps, that's what keeps me motivated, man. And, and like I said, it's a walk, brother. Right, you know, a long so walk. And them that we just talk about, we got to walk it. You hear me? And that, that's, that's right. That's hard times, too. Absolutely. I'm ready. So, yeah, we I'm back ready, on. Ready. We back on with Links Not Chains. And, you know, one of the things we Link like to do. Chains. That's right. I know you love it. Every time you hear it, every time you call me, like, when we go get back on the Links, <laughs> Links Not Chains. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a statement, baby. Absolutely. Links Not Chains. Just because I'm, I'm locked up don't mean, you know, uh, my mind is gone, or, or this is uh, this is the end. Right, right. You know, so this is a community of people. Right, and to that end, man, you know, there's uh, the weather's changing a little bit, so hopefully things are getting a little more pleasant in there. We talked a little bit before about how cold it was behind them bars when it was winter out here, but uh, you know, you can always tell that the weather's breaking when the cars come out and the mu- music gets a bumping. You know what I mean? And, there's there's a few issues, man. That's uh, that's well, not issues, but a few topics that we were going to discuss today that I like to pick your brain on a little bit. Uh, one of which, man, I, I don't know how much y'all follow some of the stuff that happens out here on the street as far as you know the news. But what what's the what's the uh, what's the temperature like in there with regards to this Derek Chauvin case with uh, the George Floyd case? Oh man. Uh... 
mean, I mean, just watching. I mean, I, I don't believe. I just believe that whoever sees that video of that time frame of just you know holding uh, George Floyd down is is everyone in here is just you know uh, the temperature is is kind of the same. We have a, yeah. a light minded uh, atmosphere as far as that was excessive. Even even across racial lines, you don't you don't see anybody defending them across racial lines. Everybody kind of feel the same way about that. Oh man, listen, man, our our, our white brothers, our Chinese brothers, our Puerto Rican brothers, everybody who has seen that video is like, no, excessive, right? You eight know, eight minutes and forty six seconds. I mean, that was the number eight forty six. Ridiculous, man. It's, it's over. It's overkill. You know, it's, I mean, uh, to see a man beg and plead for his life, and uh, it's just, that was scary, man. You know, I understand that they have a job to do, but sometimes uh, things get carried away or go overboard. Right. I think that was overboard. Absolutely. I think that had nothing to do with uh, policing or being an officer at that, at that point, right. I think that was just excessive. Right. I mean, they're supposed to protect and serve. That's what the side of the car says. That's what the, the tagline says. But they weren't protecting nobody that day, and they definitely didn't serve their community. So, But again, you know, one of the, one of the ongoing topics that we see out here on the streets is about accountability. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of being held accountable for your actions, but also holding the people around you accountable. And, you know, the issue of race, we talk about race a lot. You know, it's probably annoying to some people because they're, it makes people uncomfortable. You know, that's one of those things that I've got to just come to grips with, that people just don't feel comfortable talking about something, despite the fact that they deal with it and see it every day. But we got to talk about this, especially that particular issue. And when it comes to policing, you know, one of the things that I feel like will address the issue of accountability is when good cops start pointing out bad cops. You know, I say that a lot. You know, we had this conversation about, you know, how do we get past racism? And I think it's when white people hold white people accountable, not black people. We've been doing it for centuries and it ain't worked yet. You know what I mean? How do we get equal rights for women when men start holding men accountable, not women? They've been doing it for decades. It don't work. You know what I mean? So and I think when cops start holding cops accountable, then it might be a different story. But I wonder what a cop like... Derek Chauvin is going to end up running into when he gets into the prison system. Are the cops going to protect him in there? You know, them, them CEOs go protect him in there? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think will happen? I agree, man. I agree. Accountability is the number one factor. And as men, I think it starts with us, period. Right. You know, our kids, our women, they will naturally follow the man, you know, especially if the man is about the right thing. And and he has to be uh, someone that is respected and uh, he has to walk that walk. So this is this is one of the things that uh, I kind of expound on in the workshops that I, I've created through the help of coaches uh, through the AV program, man. Right. A voice slash vocation from inside. We focus mainly on self-awareness, social integrity, our potential, and becoming an asset to the community. That's like everything. And how do you do that? That means you have to change habits. Mm -hmm. And one way we do that is uh, replace bad habits with good ones. 
Right. You know, in order to get rid of the habit, you got to replace it with, with another habit, you know, and let that habit be a good one. Right. And then the second phase is, 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 is straight love, man. You know, uh, get outside of yourself, you know. Uh, instead of talking about that brother, putting that person down, you know, we try to in, embrace that feeling that you have for what you don't like about this man and give him the benefit of the doubt and heal it for yourself. Right. That's a part of risk recovery, too. That's a part of the healing process that we just don't really talk about, especially in this environment. So right. we're bringing that, thanks to your help, you know, thanks to uh, Big Blood AG, you know, these are kind of, these are some of the qualities that, you know, I see in you, man, you know, and the people that you deal with on a regular basis. So to, 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 to have you as a brother and a friend and these traits are seen as well in me, you know, this is strong, this is powerful, but it's right. about us walking this walk, man. So being accountable for our actions is everything. And I think that the community needs to see that more, you know. Absolutely. The young, the young guys, we don't have to be uh, like them, but we have to show them what it's like to, you know, do the right thing and be men, you know, because right. they're just struggling trying to find their way. Right. You know, and don't knock them, don't knock them, don't push them down for it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the best way to motivate them is to become partners, you know? Right. And that's in their struggle. So, you know, we have those private conversations. Man, everybody in my program, I deal with individually. I don't. I deal with them as a group when we have a workshop, but outside that workshop, it's here at work, you know? Right. And I take on their struggle and I make it mine. So that's, it's, just something, it's just a gift that the Lord gave me, man. Well, you know, I mean, really... I, I think one of the things that you're you're basically saying that needs to be reiterated as often as possible is that nobody's really going at this alone. You know what I mean? There is a partnership and what we do out here and what we do with you and there and what you're doing within that community. There's a partnership and none of these guys are basically being, you know, asked to kind of take the brunt of that by themselves. You know, you're you're helping them through that process, through the process of adapting to the prison life, through the process of trying to get out of there, through the process of trying to stay healthy and stay fit, and through the process of start trying to stay protected. You know what I mean? Without having to go the gang route. You know, you don't you don't want to make matters worse for yourself, but you also don't want to be overwhelmed with what's happening around you. You know, and, and I guess when I'm you know with this this whole Derek Chauvin thing, the reason why it it kind of piques my interest is because, you know, we, we don't have a lot of experiences where cops are going to jail for these excessive activities out here. So, I mean, and if if Derek Chauvin gets arrested, he ain't going to Grafton. He ain't coming to Ohio. Or maybe he would. You never know. They might ship him somewhere. But the point being, what happens to a cop when he goes to jail? Does he get protection from the COs? Does he get fed to the wolves by the COs? You know what I mean? That That's something we don't see enough of to really have a a full understanding of what that activity is going to be like, but this is a guy that really deserves to be held accountable for his actions. And, you know, they're, they're trying to change the rules up a little bit because apparently it was announced that the family got a, a $27 million settlement and they kind of threw the, the case off, you know, and there's a good chance that this dude could walk now because of money that was paid by the state. That's scary. It's kind of impossible for him to receive uh, a fair trial once that money is settled like that because it's kind of like saying that our man, our, 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 our guy, he was guilty. 
Right. I believe that the settlement should have happened after the trial was over with. You know, if they did have uh, an idea about giving them the family some some funding, you know, some funds uh, for the for for the that horrific situation. Right. You know, uh, it's kind of hard not to be biased about what you see with your own eyes. You know, so. Who knows what the mayor of of, of, of uh, Minneapolis? Who knows what the what the councilman? What, you know what they were thinking when they when they thought about uh, paying them off, that money yeah. to the family. You know they might have been thinking about a bigger situation. You know riots. Uh, who knows? You know, but uh, I know one thing: every, uh, these these prisons are different environments. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm blessed to be in Grafton Correctional Institution, which is like one of the uh, safest places. Surface prison in, in in Ohio. You know, right. uh, it's a lot of old school guys here, and this community, this population is real laid back, and guys are preparing for uh, freedom. You know, right. thanks to our director, uh, the director of this state, man. You know, she's done a lot. Yeah, to help uh, aid us in little ways as far as money on the phone. She keeps stamps on the JPay. Uh, she provides uh, hygiene kits to us on a regular basis. She's been holding us down during COVID nineteen. She made some changes with the parole board. Yeah, she's uh, definitely she a different a character. She's definitely yeah. different, man. She's no. I was just saying we we see these horror stories and we hear all these stories and watch how these prisons are falling apart in different states. But you could tell her accountability is a lot different. Yeah, I've, I've been to some 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 rough prisons. Though I mean, in, a, right. in the state of Ohio, it's been. So everything is really, what I've learned is, is what you make it. You know, some things you don't have to be a part of. Some some situations you might have to uh, defend yourself or protect yourself. But I just really believe it's all a mindset. Right. You know, uh, and people get involved in the, you know, because they still have that mentality, that street mentality. When you're coming from the streets, it's hard to just change like that. It takes time for a person to adapt to this way of life and then focus on itself, you know, to focus right. on true change. But one thing I can say about officers who come to prisons, it's not they're not really well taken. Yeah, he I'm that's a real life thing, man. Yeah. You know, a cop going to jail. Yeah. It makes for great Hollywood. How many times have we seen it in the movies where that's the guy that got me locked up, you know what I mean? And yeah. all of a sudden he in there with the with yeah, remember me? Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy you hemmed up on this yeah. street corner, blah, blah, blah. And they blah, usually blah. Uh, get dealt with in jail somehow, somewhere in the movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you don't have no friends in here. You might have had them out there. All your protections yeah. are gone, though. Yeah. Mm. But a guy like Derek Chauvin, man, I mean, I'm really concerned about this settlement. Have you been following that? I haven't, but I did hear about the settlement. Yeah, so they give I him the settlement. I haven't been following the actual case of him, though. Yeah. But I know that it was still ongoing. Well, just in the last couple hours, um, the judge decided to both bring back the third degree murder or, yeah, murder charge, manslaughter or murder. And then they actually removed two jurors because they had been made aware of the settlement. So that throws everything out of loop, you know what I mean, out of whack. It's, now we got to start this process all over again. We got to go find new jurors. We got to do this. We got to do that. They got to hear the story. If they heard about it, who didn't hear about no, it? It's, it's out there. It's out there. How do you not hear about it? But they're supposed to be gagged and they're supposed to be muffled from all of the news. So they're not supposed to know. But all it takes is a text message. Yeah. You go check your Facebook 
and bam, they're not supposed to do that. Especially if they, I mean, social media is, you can't, you can't get away from right. information, especially if you own there. Right. Unless they're just taking their whole social media away from them, then that's the only way they're not going to know. They're supposed to. While you're a part of this case, you're not supposed to have access to any social media, any news, anything. Or, But people. Yeah, but you, you, you can't talk to them. You can't tell me I can't call my wife and say goodnight or call my kids and say goodnight. Yeah. And a minute. And then all of a sudden, that, yeah. that news come out to me. Bam. And it's over with. Like, right. Yeah, now I'm off the case. And, you know, maybe that juror wanted off the case. Yeah. Maybe one of the law teams wanted them off the case. You know what I mean? So they fed the information to them. But what does that do to the case? What does that do to the case? What does the money do to the case? Do we all of a certain turn a blind eye to the fact that he held his knee on the guy's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds? I don't know. All right, so we just go pick back up. I do want to shift gears a little bit, you know, because, you know, the sun's coming out, man. We got to have a little bit of happier conversation, something a little less uh, stressful because, you know, racist cops and people dying for no reason. That's that's some heavy conversation, man. But, um, you know, one of the other ones that had come up that I really wanted to talk about was the Grammys. Now, did you guys get to watch any of that in there? <laughs> So you said entertainment. So that leads me to believe that you watch Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B get their shake on. That was about that was probably about the closest thing y'all done had to porn in a while, wasn't it? <laughs> Like that's what they doing? Yeah, Man, that's that was what they crazy. doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, you coming home? You coming home to a whole new world? You go see. Yeah. You go see Asian girls with fat asses. You go see white girls with fat asses. You go be like, man, what in the hell happened in the last twenty five? What did they put in the water? I'm telling you, dude, it it it, it ain't like what you remember. It ain't nothing like what you no. remember. But it's all good. No. I mean, you know, people. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I most definitely got, got me one. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you're already covered. You're already covered. You're good. But, yeah. I mean, the, the, I'm, I'm distracting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, man. Oh, she go here. She go here. You on blast now. You on blast now. Hey, Aura coming for you. But you know, yeah, not change, baby. She go put your ass in chains talking like that. She go, she go, she go black snake moan your ass to the basement. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, hey, one of the things that came up, man, so we've been talking race just because it's an yeah. issue that don't go away. Um, right. And I don't know how much of this you saw, man, but I was I was, I was, was in awe at some of the artists that were actually being showcased on these Grammys. Yeah. And the one that stood oh, yeah. out to me was a female by the name of Mickey Guyton. Did you happen to hear... Did you, you know, did you watch any watch, of that? I, I watched clips. I didn't watch that one. Right. So I'm you watching it. The, uh, the country artist? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, listen. I, I was shocked. Man, yeah. listen. I'm like, 
so the guy talking, he's like, oh, we're about to go to the country music, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I guess I can turn this off. And I happen to look at who's standing on stage. I'm like, God damn. What? Who is that? She's the first. She was the first female artist to be um, invited to perform on the um, Academy of Country Music Awards. Right. Right. First black female artist. Excuse me. First black female artist. Because she's black. I mean, she's black. Dude. First off. One. (laughs) Wait till you see her. Wow. Two, yeah, wait till you hear her. She nice. Wow. Man, listen. I was like, country? So that's why I had the topic. Remember, I put on the Facebook page. The topic said, what do you see when you listen to music? You know what I mean? Oh, we, we hear what we hear. And when you hear her voice, you can probably make out a country music, a, a poppy, new age country music artist when you hear her voice. Because right. she sounds like the... You know, the the Carrie Underwoods and the Taylor Swift, who people really don't say is a country music artist, right. but that's what they yeah. label her, so it is what it is. Okay. But but you hear her voice and you're thinking, okay, country music artist, she's probably pretty. And then she looks like fucking Beyonce, dude. It's like, what, what? the hell? Yeah. Wow. Where did this come from? Mind blown. Mind blown. Wait till, I, we got to listen to this song. She made this song called Black Like Me, right? Mm-hmm. That she performed at these awards. A country song. Right? Mm-hmm. What? So, now, go ahead. I'm going to tell you, like, okay, like, I can I can listen to anything. Mm-hmm. If it's good music, it's good music. But you never could have sold me on Mickey. Yeah. If I was just hearing their music. Right. Just, I mean, just the same thing with Kane, Kane Brown. Um, yeah. Another black country artist. Like, I mean, when you hear those lyrics, I mean, it sounds like it's like you said, like a souped up country song. It's just got that swag, that essence to it, man. And I never thought, like, they dislike me. Right. Look like me, sound like me, talk like me, walk like me, dress like me, tattooed like me. But that ain't me. A whole nother genre of music. That ain't, that ain't me. And it it really got me to thinking, like, man. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some nice country music singers out there, man. And, and I'm telling Chris Stapleton, he didn't change the game. He didn't change the country music. He didn't brought soul, like real, yeah. real, yeah. 50, yeah. 60 level soul to country music. Mm. The dude can freaking blow. He can hold it. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. And she could, she was taking us to their zoo, right? Mm-hmm. So 
she just exposed us to different things. And I, I don't know if it's like that stuck with me. Like, I love hearing music. So even when you can't visually picture the person, it's instrumental. Yeah, you right. Know, the, the, the right tone to just do something to you, send a shiver down your spine, or the right uh, vocals that just, you know, make you think about your woman, you know what I'm saying, or your family, or your best friend. You know, music, man, music is meditational. Exactly. You know, it's, it's motivational. It tells a story. Exactly. And it's also for the artists, it's a way that they express themselves. So, like, we're hearing, we're hearing these people, like, just connect with us. Right. Know? I mean... And that's why I, I asked the question. Everything. That's why I asked the question. What do you see when you hear music? Because it's supposed to garner, or supposed to bring out an emotion in you. You're supposed to have an emotional mm-hmm. connection to music. But there's very few people in urban communities that have a, mm-hmm. especially black people, that have a mm-hmm. emotional connection to country music. But I'm telling you, when I say she's the Beyonce of country, mm-hmm. dude, yeah. she can literally yeah. alter that entire genre. Mm. for our entire population. And then there's another dude named Jimmy Allen. So she's this year on the upcoming uh, Country Music Awards, she's nominated for Best Female Artist, and he's nominated, Best New Female Artist, and he's nominated for uh, Best New Male Artist. And when I tell you, when you see this dude, he looks just like, uh, what's his name? Um... The dude from Boston that played for the Cavs, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. You see him; he looks like Isaiah Thomas. Short, dark skin, covered in tattoos. But when you hear his voice, he sound like fucking Willie Nelson. Wow! It's like, and then, but when you listen to the lyrics, which what we—that's what we do as music fans, rap fans. You listen to the lyrics, you're like, yeah, he could have grew up on, you know, 93rd and Kinsman. Yeah, yeah. you can hear it in his lyrics. You can't hear it in his voice. And therefore, if you listen to him on the radio, you'd never see it. Yeah. But when people that look like me, and this is what it all boils down to, right? This is what, this is what Meghan Markle was saying. This is what Kamala Harris was saying. When people that look like me start to represent something that I'm not connected to, I start to gravitate towards that thing. So shout out to the country music industry for at least adopting black people into that. Yeah. All music has... One thing in common, man, and that's love, man. Yeah. It's love. I'm talking about it, it don't matter how, if it's pop rock, it's, it's all love because if somebody has to take the time out, man, to pour themselves on paper, you know, so they have to get it out their head and put it on paper. Then they have to put it, you know, they have to speak it into existence, you know, and especially when it's a hit, you mm-hmm. know, now it's like, whoa, you know, you have the truth on your tongue. Right. You know, and that truth is whatever the truth is to you. So that exactly. individual is is sharing his or her truth, his or her love with the world. Right. You know, and it and it and it's just like I said, it's just universal, man. It's it's hard to get around. I can't see how people just don't like music. If you don't like music, I'm like, you know. Yeah, you're missing out. Started with the word. Right. You're missing out. Words are music. And you know the interesting thing about Mickey, man, and I didn't realize this. She made her first album 10 years ago. Mm. And she was almost, you know, laughed off stage. And she said, well, she said about two weeks ago, she had almost given up on music as a whole. She said if they hadn't reached out to her and asked her to co-host the Country Music Awards, she probably would have just gave up. 
Mm-hmm. And then she finds herself on the Grammys, and all of a sudden, wow. her downloads got to be going through the roof, bro. Oh, yeah. Every time. You know, she's got to be, like, the hottest thing in country music right yeah. now. And having our culture actually chime into her, though. Right. And that's the thing. Because we probably didn't even think, like, oh, now we got a black girl in country. Let's, let's look at her catalog. Dude, when I tell you, if they had played this song on the radio, you would have you listened to that song and go, it's country music? Like... Who in their right mind thought they had the right to do that? Yeah. They would have listened to her sing that song and say, "Why, you know, what gives her the right to sing that song? Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch the fact that she's black. But to see her and to hear her and to hear this lyric, I'm telling you, we listen, to, this shit can bring you to tears. It's that deep a track. I might have to watch it. I might yeah. have to watch the Grammys. Oh, man, it was unbelievable. And the way they performed it, you know, with the orchestra and the, and the choir behind them, it's like, man, we in yeah. touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was yeah. a whole different element, man. But it, 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 it woke Real me music, up. Man. It woke me up to something that I wasn't really tuned into like I probably should have been. And it got me to digging, and that's how I found out about Jimmy Allen. And Kane Brown, I mean, you mentioned Kane Brown. We talked about him a little bit. Yeah. This is a dude that... You just don't, you'd never see him coming. I mean, you'd never see him coming, dude. When I tell you, you see this dude walking down the street, you either go reach for your piece or you go walk across the street. You go see this dude like, nah, you know what I mean? But he is as country as they come. Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he got bars. He's a straight cowboy. Lil Nas X, he's another good example, right? He's in the country music world. He made this song. Everybody thought it was a hit song. It was a great song. Don't get me wrong. It was a hit song. You know, he, everybody, oh, it was a, it was a massive hit song. I think he had the number one weeks in, in first place yeah, for forever. It might be a record went, now. Right. might have went diamond. Yeah. But, you know, he's wow. black. He's gay. You know what I mean? It, it threw a lot of people off. And it's like, yeah. so? But he made you know what money I mean? before he, he killing gets it. that gayness, though. Right. Yeah, he, he definitely got that part out. Sam yeah, Smith did yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Let, me, let me get famous first. And then I dropped that little yeah. bomb on him. Dropped the bomb on him. Right. Dude. But, you know, it didn't change a bit about him. He's still walking around in purple leather or pink leather. Yeah, you're right. He didn't made his money the at money this point. The money is made, and then it's not going to stop being made because too many kids fell in love with that song. Right. Hey man, hey, I, hey, I enjoy, I enjoy kicking it with y'all, man. Y'all be making my day, man. Honestly, <laughs> man, this was a beautiful opportunity. You're welcome, brother. Wanted, uh, you know, say, man, God bless y'all and y'all families, man. And all y'all out there that's listening, everybody that's listening, man, it's all love. Love, that's love, right. Love, 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 love. Spread it. And that's what we're doing, man. That's right. We're just showing love for no reason. For no reason. Just because. That's right. Yes, Why? Because it's a day. Something ending day out to, outside. Yeah, that's, that's what's up. That's because his link's not changed. That's baby. right. We linking. Link's not changed. We ain't binding. We linking. Take care, brother. All right, bro. Take care. That's what's up, bro. Till next time. So yeah, man. So here, listen to this. Now, what I would encourage you to do is listen to this song. Now, did you catch that lyric? She said, get this shit, man. This is a country music artist. She said, little kid in a small town, I did my best just to fit in. Broke my heart on a playground when they said I was different. That's how the song starts. Then she said, my daddy worked day and night for an old house and a used car just to have that good life. It shouldn't be twice as hard. Um, Bar- I mean, th- them country music bars. Wow. But it was like, 
you know, she, this, this whole, what's the tie, right? I, I always got to tie pieces together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Chauvin, George Floyd, she didn't exist to the black community until she wrote this song. She wrote this song because of that situation, because of that case. Right. So how do we allow a paycheck to dismiss what that guy did in light of all of this revelation that's coming from it? Not just police brutality, but just awareness, just reflection. People are digging deep into their souls and making a life for themselves because of what he did, because of what George went through. Mm -hmm. And we can't allow that to just go to the wayside. No. You know what I mean? As a culture, we got to, like Dave said all the time, give people their roses. You know what I mean? This lady been trying for a long time to be heard, and she's been ignored so long that she literally almost gave up. But now here we are. You know what I mean? Is it thanks to Derek Chauvin? No. It's thanks to George Floyd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Derek Chauvin gets no credit on, no my, credit on my show. You know what I mean? Fuck that guy. But George Floyd's sacrifice, if you will, gave birth to so many opportunities. Even, I mean, we, we're hearing them on the radio. Artist after artist putting out a song going, come on, man. You know, enough is enough. At what point does the rest of society, or in this case, the rest of the police force say, all right, we're going about this wrong. You know, we got to hold ourselves accountable. So that's how we kind of got into this issue of race, because that isn't a race topic. Yeah, it's definitely. And, you know, when I listened to, uh, or excuse me, when I got into um, some of these conversations, the one thing that kept coming up was this bachelor situation. So a little background. The bachelor is in his 25th season. Okay. 25 straight shows. And I ain't watched not one of them. Though. Me neither. <laughs> Very first black guy. As a bachelor? As the bachelor. Oh, wow. wow. Very first one. In 25 years or 25 seasons or whatever you want to call it. And you think about it, it's like, oh, we had to well, you know, We went through 44 presidents before we had a black one. This isn't terribly surprising, right? But I guess the issue of race is always centered around this show. So this black dude, young guy, um... I don't know, early 30s. He gets 32 women to pick from. 21 of them, I believe, or 20-something of them consider themselves BIPOC, right? People of color, biracial people of color, whatever you want to call it. But only about 10, 11 of them were actually black, Mm -hmm. right? One of the things that has been... I guess, discussed time and time again is how much TV time the black contestants ever got on this show. It was always very, very marginal. But now you got a black guy. So, of course, the black girls are going to get more TV time, right? Right. Well, it didn't really pan out that way. Okay. So, fast forward, he ends up picking one of the white girls to be his partner. And he's visibly in love with this chick. And she's head over heels in love with her. Every girl on there is, though, so that's not terribly surprising. He makes the decision. He picks her. And I guess within moments of that decision being made, it's revealed that in her youth, she had participated in some visibly, stereotypically 
racial activities hmm. as a teenage no girl. Wow. So he's like, well, that's a problem. Yeah, I liked her, but she's not who I thought she was. And she's going, I goofed up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's like, eh, I got to find another girl now. So people are calling me going, hey, is that, isn't that a little excessive? I mean, she apologized. What else you wanted her to do? I, I can't I can't see how that's excessive if if I can't be with someone literally in love with you and know that at one point in time you looked at my color as something negative to you. Right. And now that you get me now and you, you get somebody like me now, you probably fell in love with my personality and everything and probably came to a revelation that all all black people ain't the same how you was feeling before. But and don't get me wrong. I mean, they didn't go that deep into it. Yeah, I'm just and saying. And she admitted. She admitted that her past activities were wrong. It, she, it was something she regrets now. Just the people she was hanging with at the time. People, the way she was, the way she was brought up. She's from uh, South Carolina or North oh, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's just her culture. You know, her, that's her heritage, if you will. They, they, you know, they have these glamorous balls, and it was an antebellum um, event. And if you watched Antebellum or if you know the story of Antebellum, you kind of get the idea as to where this is going, where you got these, you know, high and toity white people basically using black people as staff. You know what I mean? Okay. You're here until we say you can go somewhere else. It's, it's, it's a slave culture thing. But, you know, look at my fucking cattle or however you want to put it. Right. So that was the visual this wasn't, this didn't happen. She's not 80. You know I mean, she's mid twenties. So this happened in the nineties, early two thousands. So to even participate in that, in that point in time, you can't be ignorant to the issue of race. So she was conscious of it. She was aware of it. She still participated in it, whether she was forced to or not, she still participated yeah. in it. And it was on, if it, it was on video that it was done. Well, it was a photograph oh, that photograph. came out okay. now to what extent the the news and the, I don't know I didn't watch the show I didn't pay that much attention to it so she apologized and somebody came to me and was like you know why is she being crucified if she did everything she could do and it and it kind of sparked a extremely thought provoking conversation by my standards you mm -hmm. know but I have this issue or this discussion about race on a very regular basis because a lot of people feel comfortable coming to me saying. Am I wrong for thinking this way or am I wrong for being ignorant to this thing? And as much as I want to say, no, it's not your fault that you don't know. It's kind of your fault that you're not aware because the issue hasn't gone away. It's on the news. It's on TV. It's in your backyard, whether you realize it or not. And if it's nowhere else, if you never encountered it as a white person in public, you know, it's in your family. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think that becomes the bigger issue to say, I'm not like that. So why would anybody see me like that? It's the same way as saying, I'm not a bad cop. So why treat me like a bad cop? Because you allow bad cops to do bad things. Yeah. And you no, know, you can't tell your grandmama how to act, you know, but to say my grandmother is the person who I love the most, knowing she's a racist and want me to believe you don't believe in racism yeah, how does that make? How do you love somebody that hates? Yeah, in a way that you refuse to hate. 
It just doesn't make sense. It don't make sense. So there has to be, we going back to accountability, there has to be some level of accountability and ownership for the environment you find yourself in. Now, it's hard. Take it from somebody who has shunned family members for race issues. It's hard to say, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. If you can't accept this individual despite them being different from me, then you just keep your distance. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But eventually you're going to either come to accept people for who they are, come to regret the way you treat people, or just fucking die. And then I ain't got to worry about it no more. You know what I mean? But we can't resolve racism as long as we allow it to exist in any capacity. Yeah. And it's no different than when, you know, if your grandparents were racist toward black people or my grandparents or my mother or sister or cousin or whoever was racist towards white people. Yeah, I get it. I get I, I, I get the explanation for it. I understand the justification for it. But you got to let it go or you got to make it a part of who you are and you can't be a part of who I am. That's the only way this shit goes away. And. You know, I, some of the conversations that there was some positive feedback to it, but some of them I just ain't heard back from. I'm like, hey, you know, I don't mind making you uncomfortable. We we didn't discover that, right? Mm-hmm. Episode one, you're gonna be uncomfortable talking to me. Yeah, you're gonna be uncomfortable listening to me, but we can't hide from that. So, as black people, when we say I ain't listening to no country music, they ain't talking about nothing I want to hear. Yeah, they are. Give it a minute. They don't, they don't sing like we sing. Listen to Chris Stapleton. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They ain't going through what I'm going through. Listen to Kane. Yeah, they are. You know, they don't do the kind of music I do. Listen to Logic. He ain't even white. He black. He's, he's as black as my son I is. I didn't even know he was... He was I didn't know his skin color was an issue until somebody told me. Because listening to him, I wouldn't even... Right. Put that you, in you, my, my that, mind. And that, that's the thing. What do you see when you hear music? Yeah. You listen to Logic, you like, damn, that boy can, he, he got bars. He can he can flow. And then you see him, it's like, oh, I can see that coming. Lil Dicky, same thing. Yeah, Jack Har- Harbo, Harbo, Harbo. Right. He's another one. I, when, when he came out with the one song, I kind of was like, I think I seen the video first. Mm-hmm. So I had the visuals from the music instantly. It was no, I, I knew what was going on. Right. So my first reaction to that was, and a lot of times my reaction to, to a lot of the things of now music, I'd be like, uh, they're trying to take our culture from mm-hmm. us. You know what I'm saying? Because they end up being like this big star, even though they're right. white people. And you got well, that's all, their niche, you maybe. got all these black people making the same type of music, rapping the same type of way, but can't get their break. And then you got this white person that just make a break off the same type of music we're making. And it's like, how do he? How does he get a chance, and I can't get a chance? Or right. it, it, that's what kind of feeling I get from it, from right. seeing it first. Right. But if I heard you first, like, like Eminem is one of my my one of my greats. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you can't take that away from that guy. Right. But. He didn't come in the game trying to take nobody's style. Still he isn't. came in this game with a whole white boy rapping mentality. Right. Where it I was like everything. 
it, the content was like white boy is shit though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> killing his parents. I'm driving my girl off the. I'm killing. I, it was just like. Right. But it was, That's not what we rapped about. It made sense for our culture though. You know what right. I'm saying? And then once he started mixing with our culture and make, making songs with our culture, he started showing out our culture. Right. Too. Like, like ooh. <laughs> yeah, right. he's raw, raw. He's raw. he's you know got what I'm right. He's got it all. <laughs> it don't matter what it is right. though. He's coming. He's coming for everybody's next. Right. And I respected that, so that's why Eminem stays up there with me. But like people like um 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 what's his name uh, G G Easy G Easy and all these people. G Easy was another one that I heard his music first. Yeah, bars. But then I seen his 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 facial or his appearance later, and I kind of fell in love with him before I knew who he was. It's certain artists like that. But if NF, I see you on I one. get this judge a book by yeah. by his cover type feeling. His defensive stance, and right? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't like this dude. It's right? Just, why is he trying to do this? Right. But at the end of the day, it. You have to prove yourself to me, so you have to make another one. Right. And you have to make another one. And right. then I'll be like, oh, yeah, he raw. He you got know what I'm Like, got Jack it, right. Harbaugh is raw to me. I, right. I, I give him his props now, but I definitely hated on him from the beginning. Dude, NF, he's another one. <laughs> never saw him coming. <laughs> never saw him coming. But you ever listen to an NF track? No, never. Never even heard of him. No. He might rival him. Wow. Yeah, he that good. Um, what's the other dude? Yellow Wolf. Yeah, He's the one that you just don't Yellow see. Wolf was, Imagine I, I like, you see him I, walking down the street. I like Yellow Wolf when he came out. He a, he a monster. Yeah. But if you saw him walking down the street, would you think rapper? No. Hell no. Never. I wouldn't even think cowboy. I would probably think, I don't know, fucking crack at it. You know what I mean? Because you see him and it's like, damn, this dude just came from way left field. Yeah. But he's so comfortable here. You know what I mean? He must be doing drugs. He must be like somebody's. Go to crackhead or something, but just like just like your boy said, it's all about like what you feeling at the time. And exactly, if, if your genre of getting your feelings out is rap and you're good at it, you're gonna blow. And especially if you're from another kind of culture, because it's like, oh, this is a new gimmick to, right. to the industry anyway. Right. They instantly see it as a gimmick because you're good at it, and then you something different. Right. And basically, that's all they want to see is something different in the industry. Like, what is, what do you bring that's different from everybody else rapping? Right. And then everybody start copying that difference. And and that's and I would assume that a country music podcast is having this exact same conversation Flipped. about Jimmy and Kane. Or, yeah. um, 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 I keep calling him. Yeah, Kane. That is yeah. his name. Kane Brown and uh, yeah. Mickey Guyton. Yeah. They're having the exact same conversation. And that's a good thing because, you know, at one point in time for you, and you just said it, it was, oh, shit, this other group is trying to infiltrate our culture. Yeah, I look, I look at it like, what is he trying to do? Right. They're probably thinking the exact same thing. But for us to be having that conversation is a good sign that we are, to some extent, making progress. Yeah. But that progress can't be limited to music, and it can't be limited to, you know, conversations at the dinner table. No. It's got to elevate to the next level. It's, it can't just be between two people that agree. Yeah. It has to be between two people that don't agree. You got to go to your parents or your uncle or your racist-ass cop of a, of a brother and say, hey, man, you can't treat people like that no more. Right. We can't talk about people like that no more. I have friends that look like that now. I listen to people. I trust people. I engage with people that look like that. And 
Shame on you for making me believe something like that all this time, because who knows where I'd be at now if I had that flexibility and that freedom back then. Yeah, you just you you kind of shut the door to that whole little situation because of how you was raised, and then once your eye is open, it's like, dang, all that time I've been missing out on that. Right, and you and, go back in the archives. Yeah, that's just like the way TikTok worked now, and like I was saying, TikTok works as where you got all these different cultures on there, and I'm not, I don't post on there at all. I'm just, I just have an account, so you can just go through and you can watch all these different videos and all these people being creative. But guess what's the most popular genre that's basically being captured? Hip hop. Hip hop, yeah. By all cultures. I don't right. care. I don't any care planet. Any, Chinese, I, mean, right. I don't care who it is. Any country in the they're planet. They're nailing it though. Like right. it's like you see it and you like Holy Wow. Right. Y'all nailing our culture. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that is the dances. Dances. All of it. Uh, the style. The, they re- reenact movies and, and when they reenact the black movies, you'll be like you'd be like Dang, they kind of look like we would be looking right, like. That was on point. Right? <laughs> that was right. on point. What is right. going on? Right. And the modeling industry, all of it. All of it. Yeah. And and I, you know, for me, yes, it's we birthed certain cultures. But certain people, certain groups, certain ethnicities, you know, embraced it and amplified it in their direction. And we just embraced or acknowledged or accepted that modification as, oh, that's different. They're accepting us, though. Right. But we saw it as a, like we say, um, um, what's how to say and go? Um, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, mm-hmm. right? For somebody to try to be like me or to imitate me, that's their way of paying me homage. Yeah. And Eminem makes it a point to say that every single time somebody, you know, complains about him being in the rap game. I'm not in the rap game. I'm... I'm respecting the rap game. Yeah. I've never come into this industry and said it's mine. No, never said I was the king of anything. Right. Y'all, I mean, he's a rap guy. Y- y'all gave me, they, we basically right. gave him that title. And he says that. And he earned it. He earned it. He accepts it. Yeah. He embraces it. But he still pays homage to where it came Every from. Every single time. It don't matter. Do you listen to that music to be murdered by CD? The, the tribute tracks that he throw out there and, and, and the names he spit out, he's talking about rappers that half of these people that we know have never listened to. Yeah. Have, he, he literally studied the game and actually gave it a, a, a all-around view. Like, right. dude, I'm not just going to be just a rapper. And most rappers, most good rappers will tell you, if you're going to be a rapper, that you have to learn it from, like, ground up. Right. You lightweight gotta know where you where you getting all this kind of I mean, you can't look at your newest rapper and say, I can do that and then right. do it and the be way like, he did it, right. And and end up making a little name for yourself by doing it because you imitated that newer rapper, but not know nothing about what's old and how that even came about. You have no longevity. And that's why a lot of these young rappers are always talking about how they don't know certain old rappers. And it's right. like how don't you know these people? These right. are people that paved the way for you to be where you are. Right. Regardless of how much more money you making than them right now because of the way, are, the way it's all set up. Right. Dude, these people were big shit back in the day. Right. Big, big shit. Like, super big. And I think that's that's something that we've been taught as a culture to do, to respect your elders respect in any capacity. Because I went and I started listening. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, I've been Mickey Guyton. 
ten toes down for the, like the last forty-eight hours. <laughs> or when was the Grammys? Was it yesterday? No, the day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, for forty. That's all I've been reading up on. I'm like, who the heck is this chick? But she pays homage to the elders of the country music business. Kane Brown. I knew who he was because my wife loves this dude. I don't know why, but I mean, I guess I know why. But dude, the, the best dude of can both blow. Worlds, right. dude, I can, I'm in my world, your world too. The Let's dude go. can blow, man. And when <laughs> I tell you I got to listening to his story, it's like, wow. Logic, another one. You know, Logic considers himself a black man, right? His father was black, his mother was white, you know, but he's like, listen, my brother sold drugs. My father was an addict. And I watched the interview with him, his father, and his brother, and he was like, and it was almost like he wanted people to understand, like, dude, why he refers to himself the way he does. Because he got I mean? a lot. Of, I remember he got a lot of backlash on the, on the net about yeah. his about his color and. I mean, and, he refers to himself as a nigga, like yeah. black people do. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, what well, shit? That's what they call me. What the fuck am I supposed to refer to myself? Were, I think people didn't know. They just seen him for what he looked like, and they right. was like, "Dude, right?" Everybody was. He was getting this kind of buzz and then once everybody found out who he was and how he looked they like oh nah I'm straight right you know what I'm saying but it ain't even like that like, take a gotta, minute man now you gotta defend yourself and be like right. listen and I, you know <laughs> I'm watching like this that. I'm like man he didn't even have to do that you know what I mean he really didn't have to do but that but he I, I think they said he felt like he wanted to kill himself and all types of crazy Yo, he stuff went was through it on. man he and went through it because he was at the peak of going up and then all of a sudden everything just started falling down and right. his his race ended up being one of the issues. The and it was like, points, yeah. what do you mean I'm a white boy and I'm trying to be black? Right. No. No. <laughs> if my skin was darker, you wouldn't say that. And when you see this dude, Kane Brown, I mean, he made this song. It's called For My Daughter. Mm-hmm. Right? We should play a little bit of it. up the pieces of your first broken heart Someone to say slow down when you turn 16 Yeah, I grew up without a dad I'm gonna be the best one I can be Someone to scare the monsters when it's dark in your room Someone to put their foot down when you want a tattoo And I just say I love you But show you what it means Yeah, I grew up without a day I'm gonna be the best one I can be But you listen to these lyrics, man, and it's like I've been there This dude talking about what I'm talking about Just in a whole nother genre I just can't get past the voice you know what I mean? And I'm not talking about me because I didn't made it past the voice. But somebody listening to this for the first time going, man, who the fuck is Art talking about now? Blah, blah, blah. And they pull it up and it's like, uh, let me read it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd just rather read the lyrics. Oh, shit. That's what he just said? Wait a minute. Let me play that back. Then you play it back like, oh, I got to get through this twang because this dude is talking about something. Yeah. And then a lot of that, I, I remember I was doing community service 
in Lakewood, and uh, they used to drive us go eight o'clock in the morning. They we all get up in this van, and this one guy would ride us around, and we would do different things around the city, cleaning up different things and all that. And he um, he always played country music though, mm-hmm. like that was the radio. Mm-hmm. And I used to be on the bus, like man, I gotta listen to this every time, man. <laughs> but after I had I had a hundred hours of community service, so there right. was no getting around it. So right. I was there all the time. <laughs> after a while, I started listening to it, and a lot of it was like heartbreak music. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was it it, it kind of related. You know what I'm saying? Like it was easier to get past once you had to keep listening to it. Right. Your first initiative to it, you're gonna be like, uh, nah, I ain't trying to hear that. None of that. Right. But if you have to, if somebody forced you to listen to that every day, you go there, of course you're going to start listening to it and start really listening to the lyrics. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, this is a good song. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, right after she performed, uh, Faith Hill and Keith Urban, who I believe are married, mm-hmm. they were recording this video. And it was funny because she kind of, her she was holding her phone up to it, trying to capture the video of uh, this chick on stage, Mickey Guyton on stage. And she's, didn't record it, but in the message, she has said in there, like, you know, the structure of country music is lyric, lyric, lyric message. That's how country music is built, right? When you listen to a country music song, it's lyric, lyric, lyric message. She was like, I've never heard, like, message, 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 message. Like, every single thing coming out this girl's mouth built up to the overall message. It's just... It can't. It's. It, I think because it's coming from here. a different right. It's it, coming from in here. It's not just like. Uh, it's. It's not a format that she's following. It's. It's the genre. But she is. See, it's that's the, the genre, thing. right? It's the format of the genre and how country music music is made. But when it comes down to what you say, and black people are great people of putting their express a message right on a track. They right. always, and that's why we make so much good music, and people always come towards it. Even in our gospel music, it right. just comes out like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? We know how to do that. And I'll challenge that a little bit because I think once we start listening to country music, we'll come to realize that all country music comes from the heart. Yeah. And I think that's what made it. I mean, I've been listening to it for a while because that's what she listens to. And she's always like, you got to listen to the song. You got to listen. Just, I'm like, I don't want to hear this shit. It's co- I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But I listen to it. I'm like, Damn, he's. I mean, like, it make you want to well up sometimes. Like, I mean, just the stuff they be talking about. Yeah, you can let go now, Daddy. There's a song that just chick made. It was. It was. There are always three part songs, right? So in the first part, she's learning how to ride a bike. In the second part, she's about to marry the man of her dreams. In the third part, her father's let, laying on his deathbed. Mm. And the lyric, the the chorus is, "You can let go now, Daddy." Right. I'm strong enough to do this on my own now. You know what I mean? Whether it's ride a bike or have a family or live life without you. You know what I mean? And it's like, damn, that's a deep ass song. You know what I mean? And sometimes you have to, um, you have to see the, uh, the visuals. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when people make videos, like it, helps. it was, it was, uh, what was, who made this song? Uh, the, uh, I miss you. I'm talking to you, baby. Oh, um, um, I yeah, I made some about um, um, Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall. Yeah, there you go. Um, so when I I heard that song first without a video, mm-hmm. so of course it was like love 
and all this stuff. But then when you seen the video, the girl ended up having like a miscarriage and then mm-hmm. dying. And it was just a big old message in this song right. that you never even would have thought about if you just heard the lyrics. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or if somebody just sung it to you, you would think it's just a love song. Right. Which it is a love song, but it's some heartbreak in that song though. And you didn't even know it until the video came out. You like, right. oh, this is a heartbreak. This is this is what's this really is crazy. Right. This is a sad track. I thought it was just a breakup song. Like I miss you. I'm talking to you, baby. You right. know what I'm saying? I thought you just broke up, but no, he, I didn't break up Since with you. You've been gone. Yeah. Yeah. You actually damn gone. Near, gone. You right. had a miscarriage. I, like the story kind of tied into the music afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, so that's what he meant when he said he missed her. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a... It's it's crazy what the visuals does for you in in a lot of things, though. You just see the visuals and you be like, oh, wow, that changed changed the whole song for me. Right. One other guy I'm going to tell you to listen to. Marlon Craft. You hip to him yet? You heard that name? I've heard his name before. Man, listen. He got this song called Gang. Gang shit is what it's called. Yeah. Gang, gang, gang! You got you got to watch that yeah. fucking video, dude. I'm telling yeah. you, it is one of the deepest tracks that you will hear in rap, as it relates to gang shit. It's like wow, wow! And he the whitest white boy you ever seen. What? Wow! Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But that's what it, that's what music is about: taking right. music and taking out, going outside the boundaries of it. You know right. what I'm saying? Not just, don't give it a stereotypical type of thing, though, because once you hear rap, you instantly think black people. Once you hear anybody talking about gang gang this or anything like that, you instantly think about black people. But take that out. You know take, what I'm saying? Stop with the visuals. Yeah. Don't see just what you listen. normally see when you hear it. Yeah, because you keep just saying, listen, what, do you, what do you see when you hear because the music? our brains are designed to do that. It's designed to relate yeah. the sound to an image. In a lot of cases, it's a memory, right? It's a memory that maybe is triggered by that song if you're listening to the lyrics or if you remember when you heard that song or what you were doing or what stage of life you were in. That's what it's no- normally going to trigger. Think people, I think people think that once you're telling that story, once they hear that story and they don't get a face to it, and then when they put a face to it, right. they like, he got to be lying or he exactly. can't be that's telling exact, the truth. That's where we're at. About it. You that's, know what I'm saying? That's because, where that discrimination because it, because comes in. His, because of his color. Right. you telling me that that man, what he talking about, he can't, couldn't have went through because of his color. Right. As big as this whole world is, he couldn't right. have went through what right. he went through just because he's white. Right. And white people don't go through that like we right. do. Right. No, it's totally the same things. Right. White people get killed by cops sometimes. You never even know about it because we don't even. It ain't news. We don't put that out there. They don't put that out. They there. don't put it out right. there. We don't put nothing out there. You know what I'm saying? But once, we get angry when it's us. Once, once it's us, it's like, dude, that is not right, dude. Right. Y'all been doing this to us for so long, but you've been chimed into that though. Mm-hmm. You've seen it yourself personally. You're conscious you, of it. You're just conscious of the police. And white people have this white pri- privileges that everybody would say, and so you like, dude, you couldn't have went through that. They. They will push you under the rug. Right. And be like, nigga, you cool? Go to the side. You know what I'm saying? Right. Tell your, your parents, like, we're going to take care of this. Don't worry right. about it. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's the real thing. And that's why we had that conversation about urban and suburban last time, because there is a distinction in how people are treated based on their socioeconomical status. Yeah. So when you look at, you know, hey, wait a minute. 
the, the nation is 60, 70, 80% white, whatever the number is. Well, yeah. And when you say we've got 100 million people living in poverty, they can't all be black or Hispanic. We, there ain't that many of us. There's a whole lot of white people in that group. You know, so that's the whole point. We all, we need to get past it just as much as we need them to get past it so we can have these kind of conversations, man. So, and it's before I leave, just because you brought up gospel, we got to talk about this Kirk Franklin shit, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kirk went off on his son, didn't he? Right. So, again, what do you see when you hear music? Now, this might be weird for a lot of people, but I have said since the very first time I heard a Kirk Franklin song, that dude runs a tight ship in his house. Yeah. Because nobody brought that much energy to gospel. Man, he was so energetic. Nobody. And you got to look at it, though. People, everybody has a past person that they used to be, especially when they're into gospel. Right. Because you didn't all, all of a sudden be like, well, I was born. I mean, even if you went to church all your life, you still have this. Uh, as a black person, I, I grew up in church. Right. But I talk crazy. I'm I'm cussing. I'm doing all types of stuff. I know my Bible. I know everything. But that right. doesn't take away from the person that you really are. That, right. Just because you're supposed to be a minister or you're supposed to be preaching the gospel right. doesn't mean that you don't cuss. Right. I know preacher, preachers who cuss all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they just cuss. Right. Outside of church, you yeah. hear them and they talk to you like a regular person because right. they've been there. And usually those are the pastors that you kind of relate towards. To. Right. Because you'd be like, you're a real pastor. Like, you're not out here trying to get the money from the church. You're really telling me, I came from this place. And I'm trying to change those people from going right. to that place. I'm trying to right keep you, know you out of that I'm place. I'm trying to right. keep you out of that place. Every, every pastor that I've ran into that I've liked had a past. And if some some talk about it, some don't. Right. Uh and like one one of my uh pastors that I used to uh do uh go to, Brother Rafford, he taught me a lot about the Bible, a lot about everything. But uh my mom told me he used to smoke. And I was like, he used to smoke, but this guy was like Jesus to me. <laughs> I mean, literally, he didn't do nothing. He didn't eat. Like, we used to, he used to throw little parties for us while we was at church, and right. he would never eat anything, like like he was fasting for all day. And I was just like, man, Brother Raffin will never eat. He's like a Israelite or something. But <laughs> at the end of the day, my mom was like, he taught me when I was young. And I'm like, he taught you? I'm like, how old is this guy? <laughs> Mind you, this guy's still living to this day. Really? Yeah, he's not dead. He's still, and he looks young with white hair everywhere. You know what I'm saying? He looks young, but with white hair everywhere. Like his body is like in tune with Jesus. You know what I'm wow. saying? That's how he looks. Right. And I, it, it's just like, but I know he he has a past though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't know nothing about the past. About his past, he was in the military. Maybe he killed some people back in the oh, day. You yeah. never know. Right. If you went to war, you never know. I don't know, man. I, I, I try to get away from stereotypes. I mean, you bring up pastors, two of my favorite people in the world, my first cousin and her husband, they are co-pastors in a church down in Columbus. They are, I mean, when I say my favorite people, I mean, we're, we're thick as thieves. I can, I can see that. I yeah. can see how, I can see how your personality and somebody of that nature oh, or that man. stature would be your favorite people. Inseparable. You know what I mean? And, you talk about a story, you read her story, her, okay, her story. You read her story and you think, uh, pregnant in high school, yeah, she was screwed. You know what I mean? I think she was 
18, 19, when she had her son, the first, her first child, people write you off. She was a brilliant whiz kid, though. She went to Whitney Young. Wow. Right? Oh, she just destroyed her life, right? Man, right now, she is in Columbus running shit, got four five degrees, doctorate, running a church, a director at OSU Hospital. I mean, she is one of the most established, accomplished people you will ever meet in your life. I will have to meet them. You have to take me to go meet them. You will ever meet in your life. <laughs> Her husband went to Morehouse, right? She went to Princeton. He went to Morehouse. They, this is a this is your I authentic admit. black couple. Cosmic Killing the game. <laughs> Killing the game. I mean, and you look at her, she's she's all of like five four, five six, a hundred and ten pounds soaking wet, got three kids, two in college, one on the way. Her daughter is man, it's amazing. When you when I think back to what I went through, right? Because we grew up literally side by side. Our mothers or sisters, they were extremely close. So her and her brother and me and all of us, we were super close, right? You would never assume that this little quiet individual would get pregnant, one, let alone go to, she rapped. She made a song with fucking UGK. Really? At like... 19, 20 years old. I mean, dude, I'm tell when I tell you wow. she is established, she is one of the most amazing people you will ever meet in your life. My last boss, it was funny, we were um we were in the car one day and we were talking about my cousin. I was just I had brought her up because I went to see her. And he was like, What's her name again? And I told him, he was like, Yeah, she came and spoke at my church. I was like, What? He was like, that's your first cousin? I was like, yeah, that's my first cousin. She was, he was like, she's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I say the same freaking thing. Yeah. I mean, you talk about crossing barriers. Color has nothing to do with it. Background has nothing to do with it. You just, you got to believe in yourself enough. Perseverance. And you got to take your situation for what it is and just make the most of it. I, I feel sorry for Kirk Franklin because... Ain't nobody going to tell me how I can and can't talk to my kid. Yeah, that was just his son exposing him, trying to get his... his sympathy. It, it's it's get, trying to get sympathy and exposing him at the same time, using his social media platform for something evil, basically. Right. Like, you use that for evil, because that was, like, evil. Because even though you're going to still love your father at the end of the day, you doing that to him and exposing that part of him to the public... Start probably made a, a lot of people look at him differently. You right. know what I'm saying? Even though it makes it doesn't take away from his character and who he is and how he do, but at, in the present moment of the time, whatever you did to him or whatever y'all was arguing about, that's how he was feeling. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's dude, exactly it. I, I, I that's the words that came out of his mouth. He was right. that angry. Obviously, you created it. Right. He Get wouldn't, you him. know, he wouldn't even talk to you like that on a regular basis, or you would have been exposed him. Right. But since he talked to you like that right now, and then you recorded it. Right. Wow, that's what you did to your father. I, that I, I just don't have respect for that that whole situation. Right. But yeah, that was something. That was one of those things, man. Where it's like, man, what are you trying to do to this guy? You know what I mean? But just, what, it's. I think that was more. But emotional. nothing about it shocked me. I'm sorry. No, nothing it, about it, it shocked it me. It didn't. Nah, because when I listened to Kirk Franklin. I see a guy 
that's about his business. He's about organizational, you know, he's about structure in the household. He's the king of his ship. You can hear it in his voice. He don't play. Yeah. You can see in how he step on stage. He don't play. Yeah. He is there to conduct business. But that's just like, I mean, anything, if you get super duper angry at something, mm-hmm. what's going to come out of you? Anger. Your black anger, <laughs> right. not nothing else. Right. All that anger that you know that you've been suppressing because that's not what you really want to portray. Right. If you're really angry, all that's going out the door now. Yeah. I don't care about yeah. none of that. All right. Uh, it's, it's time. Right. It's time for you to get. It's time for you to get I'm the about business. To get you thrashing of your life with these <laughs> <Right>. words. <laughs> I tell people all the time. Mate. You know, I got people that tell me I'm such a nice guy. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm not that nice. Dude, I'm I can really, only I'm imagine not you, man. That nice a guy. You I, know what I'm saying? I can only imagine you yelling at your kids on some real, real angry shit. Well, not yelling at my kids now. <laughs> Just angry, like. <laughs> I, because there's. There's not a lot of time, man. There's not a lot of time for trial and error. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'll kind of wrap this issue up with this. You know, when I was talking to this individual about this um, racism issue, you know, I referred to racism as a wrecking ball. You know, and I told her, I said, listen, racism, what what I explained was when a wrecking ball tears through a city, you can't stop the wrecking ball and say that the damage has been done. It'll go away now. As long as that wrecking ball exists, it can still do damage. Oh, yeah. And I see racism as the wrecking ball that is literally lingering over this country. Yeah. And if we don't disassemble it and destroy it, it can always pick up momentum again. Yeah. And what I explained was I have to tell my children as long as that wrecking ball is up there, you better keep your eye on it. Because the minute it starts swinging, it's coming to you first. It's going to do harm to you before anybody else. And to just simply say, well, we oppose that wrecking ball, that doesn't stop it. All you're doing is pushing it in the opposite direction. Yeah. But it's a wrecking ball. It'll come back to you it'll or it'll do damage in that direction. Somebody else, yeah. You got to disassemble it. It has to go away. Yeah. And the only way to make it go away is for the person behind the controls to drop it and destroy it. Mm-hmm. And we, black people, have no control over that. Because if we did, it would have been gone a long time ago. So I have to tell my kids, you don't have a lot of time to just play around and make sense of it. You are, especially my son, who, who's about to be 14, Shout out to my daughter. She just turned 20 yesterday. Yes, sir. But to my son, I just turned, that's about to be 14. It's like, hey, man, you know, you are this close to being on your own. And somebody that looks like you on your own has to watch out every twist and turn you take. And it's unfortunate because it shouldn't be that way. But it is. And I'm not going to try to convince you that it's not. I don't care that you're biracial. I don't care that half of your life is white. That's not going to stop you from being subjected to the same things that I was subjected to. Yeah. It didn't stop Barack Obama. No. His mama was whiter than yours. Right? But he still became president of the United States, the first president of yeah. the United States. And, so it ain't about what you can't can. culture. Right. Both sides of it. Both sides of it. It never was like one side. Right. It, he... he he identified as a black man. He 
respected his white heritage and upbringing. Yeah. So it's not a matter of what you can't do because of what you are, but it does create a sense of urgency to really start building that foundation early. Yes, you definitely have to do that. And I would I would recommend that to all kids to try to, you know what I'm saying, take themselves out of that box. And I know it's it's very very hard mm-hmm. because of uh sometimes of where we we are brought up at mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and it's hard to get out of that situation you can't get out of that situation uh you're, you're only being raised right you know what i'm saying so there's no way to get out of it but that doesn't mean that you have to participate in that you know what i'm saying that, yeah. that culture that you're living in you can that's why you go to school that's why you kind of try to bridge yourself up out right. of there but a lot I, I could have stayed on 114 for miles. Yeah, and 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 been the, the, been, probably a been very, Alonzo Selmate. Right, <laughs> been Alonzo Selmate, or been a very very smart street person. Right, you know what I'm saying? That, Never know that just very very accomplished in it because of what you know. Right, but but leaving it didn't didn't change what I knew. No, you know everything. I about took it. what I got there somewhere else to become who I am, and I still associate myself with my upbringing and I still appreciate the people that I ran into along the way from second grade to two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Because they made me who I am. So I don't know, man, that's, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of discussion. Um, I guess we could wrap this up a little bit here. Uh, Once again, shout out to my daughter, Bokes. Love you. Just turned 20. Go, go listen to that Kane Brown. Go listen to that Jimmy Allen. Go listen to that Marlon Kraft. Go listen to that Logic. And do not, under any circumstances, allow yourself to forget the name Mickey Guyton. Yes, I'm telling sir. You, she the Beyonce of country music. She about to kill this game. I hope she gets her, uh, her recognition like she deserves it. Just like I'm glad that even though she got all these haters, Blue Ivy, congratulations on your Grammy. Yes, sir. And Nas finally got his roses. Yes, It sir. only took 25 years, <laughs> but he got it. Kings is, uh, the man is completely underrated. It took 25 years, but he got it. So congrats to Nas. This is AG Convo. We gon' show you how the world goes. AG's Convos. We gon' show you how the world goes. small town I did my best just to fit in Broke my heart on the playground When they said I was different Oh now Now I'm all grown up and nothing has changed Yeah it's still the same On easy street, just white painted picket fence as far as you can see. If you think we live in the land of the free, you should try to be.
day and night For an old house and a used car Just to live that good life It shouldn't be twice as hard Oh, now Now I'm all grown up and nothing has changed Yeah, it's still the same It's a hard life On easy street Just white painted picket fences far as you can see If you think we live at the land of the free You should try to be Like me.